guys, CJ Pearson here. Welcome to the CJ Pearson Show. And I hope that you guys are having a great start to your week. Um, busy, busy week news-wise, it seems to have been already. And it's only Wednesday um, when this episode is coming out here. So God knows where the week is headed. So I don't know if I should be asking for things to slow down or for things to speed up because it, it seems as if everything has decided to happen this week after honestly, you know, pretty relatively, um, you know, slow summer, I would say, um, you know, to be quite honest, I know that things have definitely started to pick up as of late, but wasn't all that hectic, you know, before, before this week, but Definitely some bright spots, uh, and ones of which that you necessarily wouldn't expect. I know that we talked about this on this show um, just a few weeks ago, um, having to do with the entire issue of uh, a competitive swimmer named Leah Thomas, who is, of course, biologically male. Um, Her story has been pretty well followed throughout the past year or so, um, because you know, as many of you already probably know, like she was a male swimmer, pretty lackluster one at that, not all that good, not all that competitive and truly and truthfully, um, not all that successful. And then all of a sudden she decides, okay, well, I identify as a female now. I'm going to go compete as one. And that is what she's done. Um, and that is just truly and truthfully taken the entire sports world. Um, by shock. And for obvious reasons, you have this new biological male competing against these females. She's breaking, quote unquote, she is breaking every record there is, winning all these championships, winning all these races, all these things. And a lot of the biological female athletes were very much upset. You know, they're, you know, they're talking about how this is just anti-science, how this just doesn't, um, you know, this isn't just right. Like if, they're not supposed to be competing against people who are literally um, the same as them in terms of, um, or not the same as them in terms of biological ability, scientific strength, all of these things. Like, and they're just like, at the end of the day, also too, like, where are the feminists? Like, I've, I saw one of the athletes. She said, "Like, where are the feminists? Like, you have I mean, all these people who want to rah rah all the time about you know women being equal and." having equal opportunity. Well, this is a obvious issue where, where, why are we not protecting our girls? Why are we not protecting female sports? Um, And there's just no reason for that not to be happening. But nevertheless, what we see here is that, again, the hypocrisy of the left knows no bounds. You know, they talk about protecting women and being the party of women and caring all about women and 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 fighting back against the rights war on women right but what do we see them doing not a thing not a thing when it comes to this because they're trying to balance this entire charade of you know being social justice warriors um but also you know and embracing these new communities of people well I guess trying to also appease the former communities they used to claim to be in support of. And so now what you just see is this, is this crazy circus. Truly and truthfully what it is, it's a circus um, of people who just genuinely have no idea um, what they believe. 
And it's just this in, incredible gymnastics act that we've been seeing and should honestly be quite troubling for everyone involved here. And, but bright spot uh, recently though, is that, you know, of course, Leah Thomas was actually nominated to be the NCAA female athlete of the year. And that is problematic for obvious reasons for, you know, large part being the fact that why is this man, you know, nominated to be female athlete of the year? Like where there's, were there no available female athletes, like, you know, actual female athletes who, I don't know, like don't have male genitals. Uh, and there are, of course there were, there are plenty of female athletes who did incredible things this past year, had an incredible year. Um, it was just kind of up to the NCAA to go and find them. But for some reason, that was a kind of a difficult task for some of them, which is a little bit troubling um, because these people, there's just to be immersed in the world of sports and all these things. more so focused on not offending the delicate sensibilities of Mr. Uh, You know, but it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, you're against it, you hate to see it, but it doesn't surprise you. Like, who actually was surprised that these people nominated Leah Thomas to be Female Athlete of the Year? Like, we truly live in clown world. And you can either choose to acknowledge that fact or you can just not be aware of the world around you and live in this ignorant bliss. But I just prefer to go into life eyes wide open. And what we're seeing is a very intentional cultural decay um, being weighed by the left. They want to see the cultural rot in America. They want families to be displaced as important um, foundational unit, units in our society. They want to see masculinity watered down uh, and, you know, men not being the head of their household or the leaders within their families and all of these things. They want to literally see every tradition, every, uh, you know, basis for the value systems we have as a country go away. And they're not shy about it. They're not, uh, you know, they're not, they're pretty upfront about it. And so the question you got to, you know, the thing that you have to just realize is like, this is the world in which we live. Whereas so like when I tell people that we are in a battle against good and evil in this country today, some people say, oh, that's hyperbole. No, it's not. Like it is not hyperbole. Like you are literally seeing just a roller coaster ride to the deep end um, of society if we don't get serious about actually fighting against this craziness. Seriously, like drag queens are reading to your children. Drag queens are reading towards your children. You have them saying that, oh, these men who have penises should be able to use the same bathroom that your little five-year-old daughter does, right? You have just absolute craziness going on in our country today, and yet you have people who are just asking us, asking us to take this seriously and as if it's supposedly normal when every sane human being every person who's actually honest with themselves knows that to not be true knows that to not be true like literally knows that 
to not be true. Uh, and I think, like, at the end of the day, what I do believe, though, is that the pendulum is going to swing back. This radicalism that the left um, is, is embracing so much today in our society is going to be pushed back against because people are going to realize, like, this stuff is just weird. Like, so this stuff is not normal. It's not okay. Like, we are a Christian nation. You know, we have values that are reflective of that. And obviously, you know, people have different faiths and all of these things. But at the end of the day, some things are right and some things are wrong. Like, it doesn't have anything to do about your faith or not. Like, you just, you look at the issue and some things are right and some things are wrong. And anyone with a straight face that tells me that little children should be able to, you know, cut off their genitals because they feel like a girl one day, or they wake up and say, oh, I like want to play with dolls or whatever. Um, so that must mean I'm a girl, even though I was born as a boy. Anyone who legitimately talks about that issue and says, oh, that person should be, should be able to have general reassignment or gender reassignment surgery at the ripe age of five, like, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy and maybe you should probably be arrested if you actually have that opinion. Um, because that is like child abuse, literal child abuse. I remember when I was a little kid, I would change my mind every single day about things as small and insignificant as what I wanted to eat for dinner um, or what I was craving or what I wanted to play with, all of those things. But yet for some reason, you literally have people on the left saying that little kids will like play snip snip and go into the knife before their frontal lobe is even fully formed before they even have a driver's license can drink can smoke can sign a legal document you have these absolute clowns saying yeah little kids can decide for themselves they want gender assignment surgery reassignment surgery like what? Literally, what? Like, the thing about this stuff is that if you don't like ground yourself and, and like, and find a community of like normal people, I feel like that's why like liberals actually end up the way that they do. And they think that these, these opinions are so much more popular than they are because they just surround themselves by other people who've gotten bitten by this bug of absurdity. And so, like, in all of their like, you know, self-righteous circles are talking about oh like this is just normal this is like you know like socially consciousness and all of these things this is like what it means to be truly enlightened when in all actuality that is just simply not the case it's not the case whatsoever and at all and why it's so on college campuses all the time is that like you need to find community like, if you're going to college as a conservative and you're concerned about your values being under assault or, you know, you changing your mind for the wrong reason or whatever else, go find community. Because the reason I think so many young people go to colleges and change their opinions are not just because of the fact that, like, you know, a lot of them go to school with a blank slate in terms of politics. And so because, you know, unfortunately, their conservative parents didn't talk to them about politics because they didn't really have a political household or they didn't talk to them about the issues that were on the news. And so they go to college and their first time hearing about politics is from their professor, who is an authority figure. They have a Ph.D. behind their name. They have a doctor, Dr. before their name. And so obviously, you know, someone who is young and impressionable 
who doesn't know much about a topic is going to see him as an expert on the topic. And a lot of these professors, the way in which they talk, you would think that they, they're very good at packaging their opinion as if it's just fact, as if it's, as if it's not up for debate, as if it's unquestionable, as if what they're saying is just fact. It's truth, not to be challenged, not to be questioned, just to be accepted. And so they're sitting in this classroom and they're just listening to this professor and they're like, oh, well, if this professor is saying this, then that must just be like how things are and how things must be. Um, because they've never had a conversation about politics. They have no foundational values in terms of political ideology. Um, they may have been raised right. They may have been raised going to church every Sunday. They may have been raised valuing family and, and tradition and all of those things. Um, but maybe they haven't made the connection to what that means or how that relates to conservatism. Because sometimes you have to be literally shown how those things are interrelated and interconnected. Um, and they haven't been, which is why, you know, I'll get to the community part, you know, I'll, I'll circle back to that real quick. But this is why I also always say that when parents are the ones who reach out to me about the issue, they're like, how do I make sure that my kid doesn't go to college and just become some crazy liberal? Well, it goes back to the biblical teaching of literally raise up your child in the way they should go. And so when they are old, they will not depart from it. Um, liberals are talking about their politics with their children. Liberals are literally like, and, and liberals are trying to reach children as young as like three these days. Like look at children's books and how they're pushing certain lifestyles and ideologies. Look at, you know, cartoons on Disney and Nickelodeon and how they're pushing certain lifestyles and ideologies and, and value choices and all these things. Like the left has been overt in the way in which they are trying to brainwash and indoctrinate America's next generation. And so do not be ashamed to have a conversation with your child about wh why you believe the things in which you believe. Of course, self-discovery is important. And I think it's important to just to, to share your thoughts and then ask them how they also feel, because I think the reason that politics is so divisive um, today is because it's oftentimes a one way conversation where you're talking at people and it's not a two way conversation. So I think definitely open it up for that dialogue. But I think that every young person would benefit from that kind of conversation, especially as they get ready to go into the world of higher education, where oftentimes it may feel as if they're very much alone in their viewpoint, even though that is not the truth in any way whatsoever. And so I say all that to say that what we really need to be worried about and what we need to see today is that, like, this is why I talk about the importance of community to go back to that. Um, go and find people who have your beliefs, who have your ideals, who have your values, um, because it's, it's easy to be wrong that you are saying, like, you're not crazy, you're not far the values are great, the founding fathers had, the people who started the great American experiment had, like, you're not weird or bizarre for having those ideals you're not and so like and and the thing is like once you start building that community you're gonna realize there are a lot of more people who agree with what you do than than you initially thought and that they're just blocked or you know prevented from expressing those point viewpoints for the same reason that you are they're afraid to go against their, you know, 
um, you know, self-righteous professor in the lecture hall because they don't know how that's going to affect their grades. So they're afraid to raise their hand. They're afraid to challenge or push back against those ideals and those viewpoints because they don't know how it's going to affect their literal college career and their ability to achieve their goals, right? And, you know, the thing is, is that oftentimes, you know, obviously it's very easy to say, like, guys, just like fight back, worry about that later. Um, but of course, you know, when you're thinking about your postgraduate opportunities, law school, med school, oftentimes it may feel as if that there are literally more reasons to just be quiet and be silent than there are to be vocal and to be active and fighting for the things in which you believe. And so that's something to think about. And so I don't necessarily ever, like, I'm not, I don't think anyone's a coward for not raising their hand in, in a lecture hall. Like, it's just like, do I think you should? Yes. Because I think that, you know, your courage might be the thing that unleashes it in the person that's sitting next to you. Yeah. But I also see the power imbalance in a lot of these interactions. And I know the God complex that a lot of people in higher education have. And that when you challenge them and you push back against them because they have these degrees and they got in all this student loan debt and all these things, and they're just trying to take some value from what all they did. Right. Um, they're just like, how dare you, Mr. Little college kid um, question me and, and, and all of the beautiful and incredible things that I know and am uniquely able to know. And so that's something to definitely think about um, for a lot of reasons. And that's why, like, just figure out the way to be active and, and to find your voice in a way that just genuinely fits you. Truly and truthfully, find a way that, you know, find your voice on, on your campus in a way that fits you. And, and, I, and it truly does come from, it truly does come from the ability to just simply build community. That's going to be critical. It's, it's super important. And it's one of those things in which that once you do it, you're going to be forever grateful for it. You're going to meet some of your best friends. You're going to meet your battle buddies in the fight to advance conservative values on your campus. And it's going to be big. It's going to be big for you. It's going to be big for the people around you. And again, it's going to be big for the movement on your campus, which is really what it is all about. It's going to be big for a reason. Like, there is no better time to fight that against the left than right now today. Genuinely, I say that. I've been saying that a lot. Like, Republicans have such a big opportunity in this upcoming election to make inroads of communities that they never were able to do because of how much of a shit show this entire administration has been. Guys, like, there are mothers who can't get baby formula. There are gas prices that they're trying to gaslight us into believing are on the on the on the down uh, turn. When so they're saying things like, "Oh, gas is forty cents cheaper." Yeah, but it's also two dollars and eighteen cents more expensive than it was under President Trump. Like, let me let let me say that one again. Oh, they want to say that you know gas is forty cents cheaper, but yeah, okay, maybe true. But gas is also two dollars and eighteen cents more expensive than what it usually was under President Trump. But they don't want to talk about that. The media doesn't want to frame the conversation like that. They don't want to give credence to that because then the entire charade falls apart. And they can't blame Ukraine and all this stuff and, and all these all these scapegoats because then they would actually have to be a little bit introspective. They would actually have to be accountable for the choices that they've made, the economic policy that they've overseen and implemented. And 
then they would actually have to accept some of the blame. And what we've seen from this administration is an absolute inability to ever do that. Like, when is Donald just say, like, okay, like, this is bad, and we're just going to try to character in that but you know maybe that would be like something that like people would look at and be like okay like i don't like you joe let's go brand till the day i die but damn like thanks for the honesty but that's not what we're gonna get from this administration we are not gonna get it we shouldn't expect it and they make that clear every single day every single day like I, I talked about it, uh, you know, Sunday, but just to reinforce, literally, like they are, they are, they believe their own Kool Aid so much that literally, you have J- Jill Biden was like getting like heckled on the sidewalk, and she tried to pretend like people were saying that like, hey, we love we love Joe, we love him, and all these things. When those people were not saying I love Joe, those people were not fans of Jill. Those people are not fans of Joe. You know what they were saying? They were saying, hey, Jill, your president sucks and you owe me some gas money. And yes, they do. Because if you did not vote for this mess, I think we all deserve a little rebate. We deserve a rebate, a refund, a credit, whatever you want to call it. Run me my check. Run me my money because we didn't vote for these gas prices. We didn't vote for this inflation. We didn't vote. For any of these things that are going on in this country today, we did not vote for that. But yet we have to deal with it. We're saddled with the same consequences of every other American because of the unfortunate choices that other people made because they were too upset about mean tweets. They were too upset about a president who didn't have a filter. A president who gave it to us straight. A president who told the truth. A president who was more focused on actual actual solutions than he was about coddling folks. About acquiescing to the media that hated him. Like, I get it. You know, Democrats aren't necessarily used to Republicans who actually like have backbones, which is an entirely different problem altogether. They're used to Republicans like Mitt Romney and John McCain and Liz Cheney who want to be so liked by CNN, by MSNBC. They want to be invited to the cocktail parties. They want to be invited um, to all of the black tie events. They want to go to the Met Gala. They want to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So they can talk all pretentiously about how every other American and uh, is just so, so far gone. And they can turn their noses up at people who actually have real struggles. (laughs) And they're going to feel so good about themselves. But it was Donald Trump who didn't care about that. He didn't want to be invited to any of this stuff. He didn't care about being invited to any of this stuff. And the reason is, I think, I don't know, maybe it's because like once you get a couple billion dollars in your bank account, it gives you a little bit of a, a, a little different type of confidence, you know, uh, one might imagine. I can't say I know what that's like, but, <laughs> you know, it, it gives you a different kind of confidence. Like, you you walk differently. The same reason Elon Musk doesn't care 
about what these simpletons on Twitter or at Twitter, both on Twitter, at Twitter, think about him and just being a free thinker and, and now being a, a voting Republican, it seems. The guy is the richest man in the world. Like he literally doesn't can't be paid enough to actually care or give a damn about what these people want him to believe or think. Like he can't. The guy is a billionaire and not like a like a billionaire billionaire, but like a billionaire, like big, big, like big B, like actually not just big B. The entire word is capitalized for Elon Musk. Like, like what is his net worth again? The hundred and sixty billion dollar range. Like the guy is loaded. And so it's like, like, that's the thing is that you just we just need more people who govern themselves like these people. Obviously, not the same networks, not the same bank accounts. Like, that's going to be a rarity. But the people who walk with the same type of just courageousness and just self-assuredness that these folks are, the Elon Musk of the world, the Donald Trumps, the Kanye West, who are just not afraid to stand up for truth. And they are able to look just insanity in the eyes and say, like, this is not normal. It's not okay. And. Every race should have equal opportunity, but maybe that all white people aren't bad. And no, you aren't a sexist for believing that, well, for the last several decades, at the very least, women and men have been pretty equal and that we've had equal opportunity. And then if you work hard and play by the rules, that those things just kind of work out by themselves. And also, maybe we aren't the most sexist nation when you have a female vice president, tons of female, you know, corporate CEOs and all of these things. Maybe we just aren't all that bad of a nation, right? Or you're also not homophobic if you believe that, you know, certain issues should be left to the states to decide. And that's not even my belief, genuinely. Like, I think that gay marriage is 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 whatever. It's, it's settled, like, and a majority of the country supports it. A majority of the Republican Party now supports it. And that's just a fact. But I also don't believe that people should be vilified um, for saying that, like, the state should decide it. That's a legitimate philosophical view that a lot of people have. So what's that? Like, I, I saw this story um, that the Daily Beast ran, and they tried to, like, paint this guy as just, like, hating gay people because he voted against the uh, their Freedom of Marriage Act that they just tried to, you know, that they just put through to codify um, same-sex marriage in the law, um, along with interracial marriage and all these things. Just truly, a, like, a, a messaging bill. Like, they they wanted to be able to do exactly what they're doing with it. You know, if you vote against it, then they would call you a racist and homophobe and all these other things. Um, but they got on this guy's case because he, then he went to his gay son's marriage or wedding that weekend without realizing that like, no, that's not hypocrisy. It's just literally showing the fact that what y'all are trying to imply about him is just patently untrue if this dad was so homophobic, so anti-gay, so all of this, then why would he go to his gay son's wedding? Why would he have been invited by his gay son to his wedding if there was any animosity or any animus there? But there wasn't because he didn't vote for the bill because he, and I've read some of his criticisms, his criticisms of it, it was just like, this was a political bill that just was just all about politics. It wasn't about the actual issue. Um, but also too, 
He just believes that states should decide what they want to do. And I also don't think that there will be states that really are all that keen to to reverse what has already been. I, I haven't seen any legislation. I haven't seen any of that stuff being even pushed in, in red states, in ruby red states. Um, but yet, for some reason, you know, the left is always trying to create a crisis where there isn't one create an emergency where there isn't one and when americans are having a real emergency an economic emergency like what's going on at the gas pump and the grocery stores they can't be bothered to actually care about that they can be um but when it comes to acting like every minority community every disadvantaged group every quote-unquote other group is being victimized by straight white men they're quick to do that that's the real thing that people apparently care about. Yep, that's the thing that the mother who can't feed her kid can't is worried about. That's the thing that the dad, the husband, who's always been the head of his household and the focal point of his family is worried about. Yep, that's what they're going to sleep thinking about. Banning gay marriage. Banning interracial marriage. And you know what was also really funny about this? Like, the left... like. They definitely, like, it's so funny. Because I remember, like, when MSNBC and CNN would always try to, like, dunk on Donald Trump by saying, oh, he appeals to, like, the lowest common denominator of the American public. And they would say things like, oh, like, he's just going for, like, the non-college educated people. Um, But yet, like, if you look at the way that they, like, attack people that don't go along with what they do, like, I've literally been called a racist by white liberals. I'm like... I don't know, like, if y'all can see or if this is, like, the part of this new, like, I don't know, uh, some social justice training that, like, you uh, can't see that I'm black, but I am. And I don't know how it's possible for me to be a racist to my community, um, but you calling me a racist for disagreeing with you, Massa, um, is not <laughs> Mr. White Liberal Man is telling me to believe, yeah, like, you can go, like, yeah, you can screw off, like, no. Um, but also, too, it's like it was it was very interesting because there were people that were saying that the court is next to come for interracial marriage. That's what Clarence Thomas's real goal was. And that's what I slowly knew is that either these people are just absolutely like on crack cocaine or number two, they actually just don't know what they're talking about and are just being spoon fed talking points. Because anyone who knows anything about Clarence Thomas knows that he is actually married to a white woman. He is an interracial marriage himself. And so I'm very curious as to why he would discard that right um to an interracial marriage that would be probably news to him as well news to his wife jenny um who i've gotten to know and uh just bizarre just bizarre situation altogether but nevertheless i digress let's celebrate our wins today it was a win in the sense that a biological man did not win female athlete of the year thank god god bless uh and let's try to put some more on the board i'll see you guys next week right here on all platforms, this is the C.J. Pearson Show.